This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. All right, welcome back to a new season of the Drive the Lane Podcast. I'm Andrew Zolden, of course, here with Joey Lane of Drive the Lane. It's football season. We have a lot of football to talk about. We have Tyvis Powell on to, you know, quote unquote, preview the Ohio State football season. That's how we kick off every season of Drive the Lane. We're going to talk a little season long bets for the Ohio State, you know, notable players. We're going to talk a little fantasy football. We're going to talk maybe a little bit of NFL. And it wouldn't be an episode of Drive the Lane if we didn't talk a little bit of basketball. Joey, I think the basketball is really going to be how this Big Ten expansion is going to impact basketball. But before that, how you doing, man? How's your summer? Uh, good, good. Doing well. Lots of golf. Lots of sunshine. I'm actually, if, you, if you're watching clips or the YouTube or whatever, you can see that my background is, it's not a window. It's a painting. Um, uh, and I, I am down in beautiful Longboat Key, Sarasota, Florida, Um as one does, they take take a quick vacation before it's really time to get back to work. And uh, yeah, man, lots of golf, lots of fun, lots of traveling for work and for fun. I've been all over the place. I was in Israel since we last have had an episode. So um, wow. done a lot, had a lot of fun, um, but it's all good, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm uh, I'm really good because we are taking this pod to the next level. And what what do I mean by that? I don't know. You, you tell me. What I mean by that is we're going to be doing a little bit of blogging. We're going to be, you know, elevating our website game. So head on over to drivethelanepod.com. Check that out. We're going to be bringing you a lot more content in various different ways this year. A lot to be excited about. Joey, we, we briefly touched on expansion. You know, we're doing some expansion as well into the into the blogging world. My My first question to you is like when does this shit even all start like i feel like so much has happened so and we may not even know the real answer or how it's going to look or how it's going to go down but like what what's the deal here what do you know what do i know i don't know a whole lot uh that's for sure um all i know is that with the beginning of football season kind of being next week or as you're listening to this this weekend we're just one step closer to basketball and uh <laughs> and <laughs> no but uh it, you know, for our plan is obviously with Drive the Lane, we've been bringing you guys podcasts for four years, four seasons, right? And and that's all good and fun. But we as individuals are trying to expand our horizons and get better in different places that could that it's I mean, to put it frankly, it's just fun for us. So Andrew's going to be writing about, you know, different NFL content and gambling content, stuff that we don't really get to talk about on the podcast that we talk about wanting to talk about, but we don't get to just like I want to talk about every single team in the big 10 right now and preview their basketball season, but we don't have time to do that. So I'm going to get to do that and write that out um, on the website. Um, But you know, we're going to get to talk about a lot of things that we don't get to cover on the show. Um, But today we are talking all football all the time with our good friend, Tyvis Powell. And we're not going to talk about right now about the stuff that we talked about during the interview, which is, What's going on with the quarterbacks? What's going on with the offensive line? How's the defense shaping up? What are you excited for? How is the team going to do? Are you nervous? Are you excited? Tyvis's daughter, blah, blah, blah. All this stuff was was um, the topics that we covered in our quote-unquote preview, which, as you guys know, it was drive-the-lane previews a little bit different than a, than a, than a, than a buttoned-up preview show. Um, so without further ado, Andrew, we've got a couple of topics, and why don't you – kick it off so the first thing we're going to talk about here on drive the lane season five new season first episode of the new season tyvis is the guest a couple dtl season long over unders that we're going to discuss and it's with kind of the the highlighted positional players for ohio state football first up we're going to go receivers all right i'm going to lay it laid out for you joe and then we'll discuss it marvin harrison jr his over-under for touchdowns is 11.5. His over-under for yards is 1,112.5. And, and he's plus 3,000 to win the Heisman. So we'll, we'll look at it instant, or we'll look at it individually. But when you see all three of those, which one jumps out to you? And you're like, that's the one I would take if I could only pick one. 
Well, I can tell you that I've only taken one of those three, but I don't think that what I took is the one that everybody should take, if that makes sense. I took them in the Heisman, but what jumps out to me is 11 and a half touchdowns, taking the over. Obviously, we're not going to take it. There's not going to be any unders in, a, in this conversation just because this is an Ohio State show. But you think about all the times that Marvin Harrison not only has caught more than one touchdown in the game, but more than two or even more than three in some cases. You break down the schedule, you're telling me he's just got to catch one a game and then if there's a couple games where he catches two. Um, he's the best wide receiver in college football. If Kyle McCord is the quarterback, you know who he's going to be looking to in the red zone. It's his high school team and Marvin Harrison. Over 11 and a half is insane. Like that's like, if you catch 12 touchdowns in the NFL, like you are an elite wide receiver and obviously in college, it's a little bit different, but I love over 11 and a half. I, I you know, if you would have said over 16 and a half, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, well, I, that's what my favorite one of those three is. What about you? Well, what's interesting is both of his over-unders are below what he did last year. Right. And he had a great season last year, but he wasn't a Heisman candidate last year. He was just like, oh, my God, how good is this guy going to be next year candidate? Um, So you look at it, it's like, okay, he can definitely hit the over on touchdowns and he can definitely hit the over on yards. If I, 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 I'm just to dare to be different from you, I'm going to go with the yards here. Last year he had – 1,263 receiving yards. I think he goes, you know, over 1,200 again, which would be over his 11125.5. How do they think of those numbers too? Which is always so funny. I don't know. And it scares me a little bit that both of them are like the touchdown one is three off of what he did last year. And everyone's saying he's going to have a better year. So that, that scares me a little bit. But then you look at, you know, Emeka Buka and he has, Hit both of his projections, nine and a half touchdowns. Last year he had 10 and 925.5 receiving yards. Last year he had 1150. Like what that is this is my brain is like, all right, what what do they know? What does Vegas know? What, what do they know? I know. I, I could not agree more. It's it's freaky, but I chose to look at these without looking at the previous year's stats. It probably isn't smart, but you know, you take just I didn't like, look till right now. But just like when you flip a quarter, right, and whatever it is, heads or tails, has no impact on what it is the next time, right? It's always a 50-50 shot. I'm looking at it and going, okay, if you're a phenomenal wide receiver, how many yards should you get in a year in Ryan Day's offense? More than what Emeka Buka has for his over-under. Um, that's the other bet that, I, that I've that i taken is his yards specifically. Um, and to have his touchdown in the episode, I think he's spot on. The way you can rationalize this in the best way, if you are um, looking at it, okay, why should I do? Why should I take this one? Is very simple. Marvin Harrison's the guy. Everybody going into every game is going to go. That's the guy. Look at him. Stop him. So what does that mean? Less coverage on on Abuka. Like he's going to be getting more of the yards after catches and bubble screens and pop passes and. The more athletic, not that Marvin Harris isn't freak athlete, but more athletic wide receiver type of plays. And that just will lend to more opportunities for these long breakout 80-yard touchdowns, you know, 75-yard receiving catches, right, where Marvin Harrison might have, you know, 75 yards and three touchdowns a game. Abuka might have 10 catches for 107 yards and no touchdowns. That's, that's kind of how I am choosing to rationalize and look at it. I also rode him heavy pause in the um Nash or in the national semifinals when I took him catches touchdown and receiving yards and he came through in all three of those so I have no choice but to um stay on the horse and, and ride with my guy again I I think also what we've seen over the last few years two years ago Wilson and Olave are going to be unbelievable JSN leads in in yards and catches the next year. Oh, JSN is going to be unbelievable. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the leader in in yards, catches, touchdowns. This year, Igbuka's already been there and like done that, so it's a little different because he was right behind Harrison last year in stats and everything. But like the the same thing could happen where, like you said, it's just like double team. Last year, of course, JSN got hurt, so the the writing is on the wall and the opportunity is there. I actually think, you know, you said we're not going to go over with any of these. Travion Henderson's over-unders, 11 and a half touchdowns. We're not going to go under. We're not going to go under. 
you said we're not going to go under Travion Henderson's yep. 11 and a half touchdowns and a thousand and a half yards. I'm not going to go under, but I'm definitely not. I'm not touching it. That's a guy who was on and off the field all year last year. I hope he's 100% healthy and amazing this year. Mine Williams in his role last year, I'm looking at it right here. He had 14 touchdowns, which is nuts, and 825 yards. But, like, I'm not not touching that one. Well, yeah, I I think that the running back room is the most stacked room maybe outside of wide receivers, maybe including wide receivers that they have on the team. They have five guys. Yeah, that can go out and be the lead back. So, I'm worried that if you know Trey Henderson is not hot out of the gate, that he might not get as many touches as you think, and maybe he's a little bit. He's yes, he's been injured, and Mike Williams has been a proven guy also, and Dallas Hayden, and like you like, there's all these different guys. That's what like Ohio State has a has a problem in the sense that they have an embarrassment of riches, and so yes, Trayvon Henderson could come out be the best running back in the country and win the Heisman, but he could also be splitting carries 50-50 with Mike Williams, have 785 yards with nine touchdowns, you know? So it'll be, a, it'll be very interesting. I have a great question for you, and we didn't talk sure. about this with Tyvis, so we're going to talk a little quarterback talk here. And you know that by the time this episode comes out, the quarterback will have been picked just because – that's of, why we have the clips to, to right. back them up. Right. Yeah. But do you think that there is a running back – that goes better with each quarterback. Like, do you think if it's Devin Brown, it's like, all right, that now Mayan Williams is is the running back that fits in with Devin Brown's skill set, or a hey, Travion Henderson fits better with Al McCord's skill set? Let me let me flip the question back on you. Has there ever been a scenario like that ever in the history of football where that's true? Well, like uh, a guy like like Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Fields, guys who move a little bit, like the the Khalil Herbert type player who's more like get out, catch the ball, you know, move or can can get out of the pocket and move around is is more well suited for you. Similar to Tony Pollard, Zeke type thing. Like I think Tony Pollard compliments Dak Prescott. Obviously the Cowboys that's, do too. So I can't fair. I can't like cite a college football no, I, example. No, I know. But I'll, an NFL I'll, one, I think it's a thing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like we talked with Tyvis, and we are not the two guys that you should be listening to our football thoughts on, right? We didn't play in college like Tyvis did. We we don't pretend to be these football gurus. What's clear as day, no pun intended, is that Kyle McCord is the more like standard pro style in the pocket passer quarterback, and Devin Brown is a, like a better athlete who's going to go out and run and still can make all the throws and blah, blah, blah. Like there are videos of him doing backflips. There are videos of him doing windmill dunks. Like he's just a freak athlete, obviously. So does, do you want a Travion Henderson who is, uh, we saw him catching balls for touchdowns in his, fr- in his freshman year and taking balls to the house. Like, does that fit better with a mobile guy like Devin Brown? Like, you know, that's kind of what you're getting at. Or if, you have a Kyle McCord who can still run the ball a little bit. Do you want a Mayan Williams who, when he's back there, you know he's either getting a handoff or he's blocking. Like, there's no in-between. It's kind like, of funny. This year, like, t- people joke about this all the time, but, like, it actually feels like Ohio State from, like, exciting positional players, not offensive line, D-line. Like, they could f- <laughs> they could form two really good seven-on-seven teams where you just have, like, two running backs – Two running backs, two wide receivers, quarterback, whatever it's, makes up seven. Also, seven. also, uh, that picture was circulating again of that Alabama wide receiver room that was like, um, it was like Jerry Judy and uh, Harry, uh, Ruggs and like Waddle and Devontae Smith, I think. Those four. Like this wide receiver room run Ohio State that's kind of ending, quote unquote, um, is way better than that. Yeah. Like, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and Marvin Harrison Jr. will go down as better for for some wide receiver room than those guys, for whatever it's worth. I saw that was circulating. Like my buddy said to me, it was like, this is actually, you know, we only think about that stuff like around fantasy football when we're drafting all these guys and all these names come back up. But like, he was like, this was amazing. And I was like, and my quickly said, it's the second best ever. Like without even looking, I know the picture. We all know the picture, but um yeah, so that's 
man, it's exciting. I, I say it every year. I don't care about football, right? But I obviously love it. Like, and I'm so excited for it to be back. And I'm most excited because Ohio State, there are question marks. Like, I, you actually have yeah. to tune in and watch in the first few weeks to see what guys are playing and how good the defense is and, and all that stuff. Like, every other year, it's been a formality until we get to Michigan week. This year, it's far from a formality, which is fun. Yeah, it's weird that we aren't just like, yeah, they're going to go undefeated and win the national championship this year. Like, we don't – we 100% don't feel that way. Um, so – I guess we'll see what happens and it's obviously going to be exciting. The last thing I had on here, which is a similar, like which one of these would you take OSU to go undefeated plus three ten. Ohio state over under wins 10 and a half. This is like minus one ten or whatever. And Ohio state to win the national championship plus 300 obvious or plus 700. Obviously the undefeated plus three ten is regular season. And I think big 10 championship. So Basically, and last year they didn't go undefeated and they still got in. But in my opinion, it looks like would you rather take Ohio State undefeated plus 310 or have them win, you know, two more games plus 700 to win the Natty? And you have the off chance that if they slip up one game, they could still get in and win the Natty. I, I'm personally taking Natty. Yeah, I mean, that's the goal. Now, anything less than that is kind of a a little bit of a buzzkill, right? And and the expectation is always to compete for championships in Ohio State football. If we like lost to Penn State, but then beat Michigan and made the playoff and lost in in the playoffs, like I think that would be a successful year somehow in a weird way, you know, um, winning at Michigan. But yeah, the one that sticks out in terms of what would I actually take if my life was on the line, I almost it, it's like a step stool, right? If they get the over in ten and a half wins, they probably are going to go undefeated and well i think it is undefeated, undefeated when they be or is 12 wins undefeated i think 12 wins is and if you're counting the big 10 championship, big 10 championship yeah um so like and then if you win if you go undefeated and you get over that threshold you're probably the best team in the country so uh-huh. you have the best chance to win the national championship so i'm with you it's like national championship or bust but like i am at my core the the dream and the what i'm rooting for most in a sense is can we get to 11 wins? Because I think 11 wins gets you a good chance. Not only do you have a good chance of making the playoff, but assuming that you've got, you know, 12 is 12 and 0 is beating Michigan, beating everybody. 11 and 1 is if you lose to Michigan slash Penn State slash Wisconsin slash whoever on the on there. Like at least 11 wins means we had a chance and we could have slash should have or or did beat Michigan, right? So. That that's like almost like throw out everything. They should have like a just give me Ohio State money line to beat Michigan right now. That's what I want. That's what I want. Really bad. I love that. Last thing I'm gonna say about Ohio State football, because then we'll pass it off to Tyvis. I'm just gonna make a bold prediction. I don't want this to happen. I think this is the year where they lose a road game to a non-Michigan team. It hasn't happened in a long time. It's not going to derail their season. I'm not necessarily saying that, but like they gotta lose in the regular season to a non-Michigan team eventually. Like, I don't know when the last time they – I guess they lost to Oregon a few years ago at home. Yeah, I was there. But, and the schedule, it feels like there's barely any road games because after they blow out Indiana week one, there's like four road games left. So, But I think this could be the year where they lose a game. I have no idea which team it's going to be. I'm not even going to make a prediction which team it's going to be. But I think there's a chance this is the year that they lose a game they shouldn't lose, which I don't think we've said that. We re- I really don't think we've said that since we in the last two years, but since we started drive the lane, I don't know if they've lost a game where it's like, hey, seriously, they shouldn't have lost that one, or like, hey, they they were on the road, like they were ten point favorites and they lost. Like, I I, I think they were huge favorites when they lost to Oregon. It was Stroud's like third start. Uh, Oregon had had Kevin Thibodeau, or he was out for that game. I don't even know how I remember that, but whatever. Cool's brother, yeah, linebacker. Um. All right, last thing Last thing before we get to Tyvis, we talked briefly about expansion earlier, and we talked about it a little bit with Tyvis. I think basketball, and you'll agree with me, is not getting enough love in how cool the expansion is going to be for basketball. For football, it seems like it could be a hassle. It's a big deal. You're traveling across the country. You got to do five days of practice across the country. For fo- I feel like for basketball, it's like it's going to be so cool. Like you go, you know, 
You play your your quick game. It's not like tons and tons of you're not warming up at at 8 a.m. for your for your noon basketball game the way football warms up. Like I feel like basketball it's going to be really really cool at least from a fan standpoint because that travel and stuff happens so much more frequently in basketball because there's 10 non-con games or whatever it is. Like it's more common. Yeah, I football there's no complaining to be done. And, and Tyvis doesn't necessarily complain, but they play once a week and it's on a weekend. Like you're not you're not missing any school, you're not what there's travel issues are fine, like you, they'll be okay, but yeah, for basketball it's awesome. You already you know, I went out west a handful of times in my time and those trips are the most fun. The further you go away from home, the better. It's it's a blast. You get to go to these warmer climates. You get to play against these basketball powerhouses. You think about Oregon and UCLA have been the recent Final Fours. USC obviously has a ton of basketball pedigree. And, and even Washington, going back to the Brandon Roy, Isaiah Thomas days, right? Like like they those four programs are so fun to just, just think about having those matchups for basketball. But yeah, the – the expansion is great. Adapt or die. That's what the Big Ten kind of adopted and, and they've adapted, which is awesome. Selfishly, I know that as Ohio State fans, right, like we have nothing to worry about because Ohio State ain't going anywhere, right? But um, it sucks for the other schools, the other conferences that we're taking their teams from but and for the fans mostly, but they'll get used to it. It'll be fun to have USC playing Nebraska in football and UCLA oh. UCLA playing Purdue in basketball, right? Like all wow. these games yeah. are going to be incredible and it's going to be so fun. And Well, that that's why I think basketball is being like slept on for the matchup that you just said. Everyone is talking about Ohio State versus Oregon, Ohio State going to Washington in, you know, early November. But like you just said, the basketball aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, Michigan's going to play USC in basketball. You know, like it's just, it's, it's going to be a different yeah, kind I think- of cool. I think expansion in general has been great for college basketball. And we'll talk about this more when we get to more college basketball stuff, but like look at the big 12, they've created this incredible basketball conference where Kansas is not only playing, you know, teams like they were in the past, like Texas and you name it. Now it's like they're, they're playing Houston and Cincy and all these awesome basketball first schools. Right. And um, it's just, yeah, it's just, the expansion is great for hoops. Um, we're used to uh, we meeting college basketball players are, are used to the travel. You know, yeah, maybe you know they adopt some stuff where it's like, hey, if you're going to play UCLA on a Friday, then you're going to play USC on a Sunday so that you stay out there. Um, or especially with the non-revenue producing sports, right? Like maybe women's volleyball is going to go play Washington and Oregon in the same few day stretches or whatever it is. Um, but there's a lot of sports where. They'll figure it out. They'll be just fine. Baseball goes for goes on road trips for weeks at a time. Like it'll be no problem. It's it's gonna be tough for families to go see their kids play, like Ty just talked about, and what we're about to get to. But all that matters right now is good old fashioned college football being back. That the Buckeyes, we our confidence level isn't at a ten out of ten for the first time in a few years, and that uh, we get to watch uh, we get to watch some guys throw the pigskin around uh, starting the week you're listening to this, which will be a lot of fun. Oh, and actually, non-Ohio State, there will be some pigskin thrown around by the time you listen to this. That's right. Um, Last thing, I know we said we were going to talk fantasy football, but we'll we'll have more episodes coming out where we'll talk fantasy football. Joey, I want to know the one name that, let's say you have the fourth pick or third pick. Should we we make this a little teaser, get to Tyvis and just do it uh, at the end so that people listen through? Oh, that is a good teaser right there. Should we do it? Got to, got to listen to a little time. Got to adapt. Got to adopt yeah, and adapt. Got to adapt. Got to adapt, or else you're going to die. If you want to get some previews from fantasy football guys that finish in the middle of the pack every single year, then wait a little bit longer. We'll, no, we'll I'm talk. usually a second place guy. I never win, but I'm the four falls of I've, teams older. I've I've won a league two out of the last four years. It just happened that it was four years ago and three years ago. <laughs> All right, let's get to Tyvis. All right, join us now on Drive the Lane. And you know it's the season debut because of the guest. Tyvis Powell makes his return. Welcome back. You know what? I am very honored again. You know, this is – I don't take this for granted. Me being the first guest every season, you know, it it means a lot to me. You know, when I 
I ever win an award, I will be sure to thank you guys first. Before I thank my mother, before I thank my wife, I'm going to say shout out to Drive the Lane Podcast. Well, the reverse is true also because there is no story of Drive the Lane without Tyvis Powell. We're very, very, very intertwined, whether it's because you've been on the show 19 times or because you, we start every season with you or that we maybe got, gave you the – we doubled down on the bug to get you into everything that you're doing, which we'll talk about, obviously. But mm-hmm. it's it's always, always a pleasure. Obviously, you know that. And I appreciate that, man. You know, it's a good time. You know, it's not it's not a formal. It's all just us having fun and talking ball, all sports. It's just a good time, man. I always enjoy it. And I can't wait till you guys, you know, blow up when you might you might you probably won't even need me anymore. Y'all have all the big names in the world. That's right. That's exactly about right. Little old me. Yeah, exa- I know. That's exactly right. Can't it'll, wait. It'll happen one that. day, but we'll we'll still we'll still start the season with you every oh, year because man. <laughs> the root of this is Ohio State, and obviously Joey and I are are already ready for basketball season. But we we do gotta you know talk some football before we get to basketball season. Tyvis, what's the vibe? What are you hearing? What do you feel? Like? What's the team gonna be? Man, the vibe is not not all that great offensively. I mean. We're still sitting here waiting on who the name, who the starter is going to be at quarterback. And, you know, that's kind of a big deal because, you know, you want a guy who's going to, that means that nobody's separating themselves. And one wise coach once said that if you haven't a quarterback put battle, then you don't have a quarterback, you know? And that's, I started thinking about that like, man, I would have thought Kyle McCord, this being his third year in the program, you know, he's been, been sitting behind CJ, he's had some time in there where he got uh, his own start in the Akron game. And he's got the organic chemistry with Marvin Harrison, the best player on the team. Like, you would have thought that he would have just separated himself and they would have just given it to him. But I guess Devin Brown is really doing his thing and really pushing the envelope for why he should be the starter. So much so that Ryan Day even took they even took a vote as a coaching staff. And it was 50-50. <laughs> they back 50-50. So it, it's just like, man. And then on top of that, obviously, you know, they still got the offensive line who they – they haven't named the they haven't named the exact starting five yet, but I think that they're more they're they have had more progress on that than on the quarterback. And here's my my special guest has decided to make her her, her podcasting debut. Oh my Tyvis, I have a I have a couple questions based on what you you just said. First off, do you do you believe do you believe everything that Ryan Day is? Is saying it's 50, the coaching yeah, staff is yeah. split 50 50, and we're so we just can't decide. And like, or is that all just like, hey, you want the quarterbacks to continue competing, you don't want one of them to feel any type of way? It, like, see, what do you and believe? That's that, that's see, that's what I think. I, I at first I said, you know what, the transfer portal is real, you know, and you don't want. You don't want to ruffle no feathers. And the longer that this thing goes makes me believe that it might be Devin Brown. And the reason I say that is because if it was Kyle McCord, that's fine. You still got Devin Brown who who can sit and he can just – obviously Kyle McCord had to sit for three years. Then Devin Brown would just follow suit. But it's like now I feel like – if he don't, if he names them, the other one's gonna hit hit the transfer portal, and you're gonna lose him anyway. And if they are neck and neck, like they say, then you might as well go with the younger guy because you'll have him for more years, you know. So I I don't know. I I think that I still believe that if the offensive line isn't solidified as it's supposed to be, that could muddy up the reads for quarterbacks. I mean, if you if you go in there in the practice and your offensive line is getting destroyed, like the quarterback can't go through his progressions if he's getting sacked. Like it's just hard to tell who the quarterback will be. So I think that that's not fair to say that. But uh, listen, they, he got a name somebody. I know they're gonna end up going into the season because the listen the team up north did it last year with JJ McCarthy and Kay McNamara, and JJ McCarthy ended up becoming the starter. If that's what you got to do, I mean, obviously your schedule is suited to be able to do such a thing, but I think that you have to name somebody like soon because it's messing up the chemistry with the rest of the team. 
So that's what I was – my second question was going to be, if you're a player on the team, whether you're on offense or defense, are you like, we don't care, like it, it is what it is, or is it like <laughs> – we would love this circus and this is all this to be hmm. done. Like we like just, oh. just get it over with. You did it. So Joy, you did. That was it. all I had to say. In 2015, right. I went, there's I went no better person to ask. Thing. Yeah. I went through this in 2015. And as a defensive player, I didn't, we didn't care. We don't on the defensive side, we don't care. And they can't care because all people talk about with the defense is the last two games of the season, how they just gave up all this coverage. So in their mind, the only thing that they're focused on is becoming a really good defense. So they can't be concerned about who the quarterback, quarterback doesn't matter it, if they're great. Like, exactly. No, yeah. it doesn't. It does. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is because they have their own agenda anyways. Right. Like they can't be focused on who the quarterback is. That's, they got other things to think about. But as far as the offense goes, I think it does matter because you need to know who is the guy that is the leader on offense. Who's the guy that we supposed to look to when it comes to wide receiver running routes? all right, I need to have chemistry with this guy because this is the guy that's going to be throwing to me or our offensive line play. This is the guy that has taken the checks in the because we need to hear his voice. We need to understand that he's going to get the call in. We need to know whose voice, how he relays the call to the huddle. Like, it's all those little things. And it's crazy that they got to get – they pretty much going into the season got to be prepared for both of them. And I think that's a lot. Like, that's a lot on your plate. Like, I got great chemistry with Devin Brown, but now I got to have chemistry with Kyle McCord as well because I don't know who I'm gonna be, who's going to be throwing to me. Like, I think that's where it's starting to take a toll. Can, can I ask one more question, Andrew, just about – I'm just so curious about this you specific can. topic. You have permission. <laughs> do, the, do the players know? Like, do they know? Like, whether they know or they don't know, they're like, I would be very surprised. Like, if I asked – Marvin Harrison right now. Do you think he would say, I'd be very surprised if Devin Brown is named the starting quarterback or vice versa? Do you think they have an inkling on – because they, they know think, football. They know what Ryan Day wants. Like, do they know? I think that they have an, they have a better handle on who they would like because, okay. I mean, if you take, you take it back to 2015 when we was going through it, you know, the wide receivers had their own opinion about who they wanted as a quarterback and who they thought was, who was better suited for the offense. And I think that's another thing. You know, you come into this off this season, Brian Hartline is supposed to be the call, the play caller this year. Who, what is he trying to accomplish? What plays is he running? So back in twenty fifth, back in twenty fifteen when we did it. They had Cardell as the quarterback, but they call in quarterback runs. And it's like, that's not what Cardell does. Cardell is a stand in the pocket, deliver the ball. If you want her to run a quarterback, put JT in. So I think for them, you got to look at the game plan. What are we trying to accomplish? Because if you're trying to run the ball or you're trying to have a running quarterback, obviously Devin Brown is the guy for that. Even though Kyle McCord can run the ball a little bit, Devin Brown is, quote, unquote, the more athletic guy. So I think – as an offense, you have to look at it and say, what are we trying to accomplish this season? Are we trying to be uh, a team where we're going to sling the ball like we used to? Are we going to be heavy on the run side? Because if we're going to be heavy on the run side, now we need a, a quarterback that got some mobility because now he can pull those read options out and take off with it and pick up yards that way. So I think it's just – I think it's really up to Brian Hartline to say what type of offense he's trying to run. So I don't know 100% obviously which coaches – had a vote, but maybe I'm overthinking this. That's or, so funny to me too. Or way. oversimplifying Sorry. this, but like I would go up to Egbuka <laughs> and Marvin Harrison and be like, who do you want to be the quarterback? You've been in camp all summer. Like why would what who cares what the cornerbacks coach <laughs> like what like shouldn't it be hey you're Marvin Harrison, you're like the the best player maybe ever, the best ever. receiver ever to ever touch a football. Who, who do you want to be your quarterback for your final college season? Is it what like why isn't it just that simple? Uh it's not that simple because there's much more that comes with it. I mean, maybe yeah, maybe or, what so do you maybe know? listen, maybe <laughs> that okay, let's say that Kyle McCord is let's say Marvin Harrison wants Kyle McCord. But maybe Ryan Day says that he maybe can't handle the playbook. Maybe he can't go through his reads correctly. So, yeah, Marvin Harrison might be in practice eating because they got that chemistry. But what happens when Marvin Harrison isn't the read? What happens when the defensive coordinator puts the game plan together that stops Marvin Harrison from getting the ball? Does he Is he able to look at Marvin Harrison and say, oh, that's not where he's not available. Let me go to my next read. Okay, that's not available. Let me take the check down. 
Like maybe he can't do those things. Maybe he can't even identify coverage. Maybe he's like out there and it's like, it looks like cover two, but he throwing what should be a cover three ball. Like it's a lot of things that go into quarterback and that I think that's, you got to think about that as well. So it can't just go off of who the wide receivers want because there's much more to it. Again, it's just throwing the ball. It's making the right checks, making call and audibles, making sure everybody's on the right page. A lot of people can't handle these things. Well, final question in this you know theme right here are we overrating this this wide receiver group or are they are they going to be as good as advertised because I'm a little surprised that you know Buka is rated as the second best receiver in the country on on some sites and in some places that surprised me a little bit he was great last year but and Joey I don't know if you feel differently I feel like we we weren't thinking this was the number one and number two receivers in the country. I think, you know, they can be, but is it a little overrated? Did we lose you? He's so versatile, Andrew, inside the outside, carrying babies. Y'all can't hear me? Now we oh, can't. No, wait, we can. wait. Now we can't. I'm about to say I'm sitting here looking right at you. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I don't think he's over. I don't think that the room is overrated. I mean, Marvin Harrison is by far the best court receiver in the country. Um, and Mecca Buka had a really good season, but nobody talks about it because how good a Marvin Harrison was. But if Mecca Buka have pretty really good numbers, I think he had over a thousand yards. So. I think he is a guy that, you know, is going to take that next step. I mean, if you've been watching any of the highlights from practice, I mean, the man's been out there one-handed, jumping over people. So I'm actually expecting him to have a really good season. And it's going to be kind of easy because everybody's game plan is going to be stop Marvin Harrison Jr., which means that Emeka should be eating this season. So I don't necessarily think that, no, they're not overrated. I think they are where they're supposed to be. Have you had a chance to to not only go to practice but to talk to some of the coaches and guys and get a sense of for some of the other positive stuff that's coming out of camp? I know you met you you mentioned obviously the, the wide receivers have been great, but we talked kind of negative's not the right word, but we weren't talking the most positive things about how we don't have a quarterback and the offensive lines <laughs> and all this stuff. What other positives have come out of camp in the preseason for the for the team? Well, it's a lot. It's a couple of positives, especially on the defensive <laughs> side of the ball. The defensive side of the ball, you know, Jim Knowles has fixed his Jack position. You know, Jack Sawyer was a highly recruited guy. And last year, he kind of, he just disappeared. It's like, who is, where is Jack Sawyer? You know, he was lost in that Jack position. And it's because he was standing up. It was a foreign position to him that he had in me. And I think he's put his hand back on the ground. He's becoming more effective. So Jack Sawyer is the guy who we should be looking out for this year. That whole defensive line is locked, loaded, and ready to go this year. So they should definitely change the things on defense. Last year, our leading sacker was, I think it was Mike Hall with four and a half sacks at defensive tackle. That All in cannot, one game. Yeah, that cannot, <laughs> that can't fly ever again. We need back to double-digit sacks, and we need a, a plethora of guys to have a lot of sacks this year, especially the way Jim Knowles dials it up. I actually just listened to a press conference from Jim Knowles today, and I like the fact that he admitted to understanding that, you know, he put his guys in bad positions last year. You know, I always think about the Georgia game. We have 14 points, but you run and cover zero, which in the fourth quarter with four minutes left, that makes no sense. So he admits that he made some mistakes and he realized the pieces that he has and he's starting to put players in different positions that that's better suits them, a la Jack Sawyer putting his hand back in the ground. And then you got guys like Sonny Styles and C.J. Hicks, who we got to see a glimpse of. He's found ways for them to get on the field because they need – they are playmakers, and he can't not have playmakers on defense. So he's finding ways to get them on the field. I also believe that Davidson Igbenosin, the uh, transfer from Ole Miss, you know, him coming in at corner was a really big thing because I think, you know, Denzel Burke was the guy. Uh, Jordan Hancock is supposed to be the guy. But I think when Davidson Igbenosin came in there, he made them step their game up because – Nothing's given no more. He's coming here to play. He's not coming here to just sit. He's coming here to play. And I think what it did was it rose the play of Denzel Burke and Jordan Hancock. So now they got a three-man rotation, and now they're talking about at the nickel spot, because, you know, Jim knows like to run three safeties. Maybe on them nickel spots, 
they put in a true corner type to play those slot guys. Instead of having a safety trying to play him, he got a corner like Jordan Hancock sliding down in there to be able to, you know, handle those slot and shifty receivers, which I think is really great because I don't think a safety on a shifty wide receiver is a great matchup at all. I have a crazy opinion about this season, and I want to hear what you have to say. And you're the perfect mm. guy to say this to. Okay? So fast forward a year or a year and a half, okay? Mm-hmm. The national champion, if they come from the Big Ten, they're going to beat Michigan, Wisconsin, Oregon, UCLA, USC. Mm-hmm. I feel like this might be the worst year to win the national championship. <laughs> oh, you beat – Indiana and and Minnesota. <laughs> oh, you beat a bad Maryland team. Like, wouldn't this be the year to not win and just get ready and gear up no. for the gauntlet that's going to come in the next few years? That's a great, great question, Andrew. Great question. <laughs> no, it's not a great question at all because you play to win. That's first of all. And secondly, this is the last year of the CFP having four. So after this year, it's, it, it, I'm not going to say it's watered down, but – it is kind of watered down because it's like it's 12 teams now. If you make it into the CFP, that means you were one of four of the best teams to be in there. And it's much tougher to make that top four seed. So I think for them, I think that you definitely want to go out. I mean, you went out, you you started it off winning the first. You might as well go out winning the last of the four, which I think is going to be a really good thing for the program. And I think the teams are still pretty stacked. You know, if you think about the team up north and Alabama and Florida State, LSU and Georgia, whoever it may be, you still got to go up against those four to whereas in the other one, when it gets to 12, you might duck and dodge. You might be able to dodge that team and not have to play that really good team. So I think it still holds a ton of weight. If anything, I think that this one is still the hardest to do, whether – to win against the 12. This the schedule, if you win in in 2027, if you win the national championship from the Big 10, you're going to have the craziest schedule that year of games that you won. I mean, I, I was naming those crazy assuming West- you play everybody. We don't no, know how but that's work. I'm I'm saying you play one or two of those teams and then you get to the 12 team playoff and you have three more random games. All of a sudden you're playing ACC opponents, Big 12 opponents. It could, <laughs> it could get wild. Tyvis, my my question to you is of all these new teams, all these potential new opportunities, where would you have wanted to play, you know, where you didn't oh, get to play. Well, oh, uh, the Rose Bowl. I would have loved to have gone to UCLA. I didn't get a chance to go to the Rose Bowl, um, but I hear it's very historic, especially to the Buckeye Nation. So I would have loved to have played there. I got a chance to play at USC when I was in the league because I played for Seattle. And this is when this is before SoFi came. The Rams was playing at USC. So I got to do that. But to play in a historic landmark like the Rose Bowl, man, I would have loved to have done that. So I'm jealous over that one. What What are your overall? I was actually I was talking to your guy Alex Birchie about it the other day, Tyvis. We about expansion and about mm-hmm. the Big Ten and the overarching theme, which we'll, we probably would have already talked about this before we're talking to you in this episode. But the overarching theme is like. You either adapt or you die, and the Big Ten is adapting, so we love that. What mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Obviously, we're so lucky being Ohio State fans, and our school is not – we're not worried about leaving or our rivalries or anything. But in general, what are your thoughts about what's kind of transpired the last few months, year or so with the, with the Big Ten? Well, you know, a lot of people hate it. I'm not like that. I look at it like it's a positive. I see more positives than negatives. You know, the only negative thing that I see – out of these teams, you know, expanding is that their families won't be able to come to some of these games. You know, like yeah. if you if you're a USC player, you, it's impo- it's almost impossible for your family to come to Ohio State on just mm-hmm. on a weekend and then stay and play Indiana or something like that. So I think that's the only downfall. But outside of that, you know, these kids want to go to the NFL. <laughs> they want to play in games. Like when I played for Seattle, we had so many East Coast trips. Now, you had to mentally be prepared for that. You had to have a routine. You had to get your body right to be able to play in those games. I think it's nice that these kids is getting exposed to that in college. Then on top of that, 
all NFL scouts want to see is how you do against better competition, not what you do against Maryland or Rutgers or something like that. No, they want to see the USC. They want to see Washington. They want to see Oregon. They want to see these games. Yeah, they want to see these. <laughs> <laughs> that was mean. Divis. Sorry. Sorry. I'm Keep sorry. going. I Keep didn't going. mean to, I didn't mean to stop the <laughs> That was just like but that, my subconscious. But, <laughs> That's the truth. They want to see you. They want to see you against these comp- these competitive teams. So now you're getting more game film. You know that NFL scouts are actually going to see want to see. Um, you're going to get more reps. And then on top of that, from a fan's perspective, we're seeing better matchups on TV. You know, I didn't. Don't nobody want to see. Never oh, mind. Go. Let me not. Let me not go down that road again. But you, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Wait, Tyvis, you're you're making me think of something. When you were in school, who were the teams that you guys <laughs> laughed and joked about? Oh, Indiana, Purdue, I, uh, Indiana, Purdue, uh, Rutgers, Illinois. Uh, every team not know, named Michigan. I'm about to say pretty much every team, but the team up north: Michigan State, Wisconsin. Penn State. Penn State in Iowa. That was about it. That was outside of that, you know. That's so funny. Oh, Davis, we, that. we see that you're on dad duty, so we will wrap this up shortly. Not yet, shortly. Oh, she's fine. She's making her appearance. He wants her voice to be heard. We, she needs her, her her 15 minutes of fame. She's got <laughs> and And you obviously need your voice to be heard because we hear it everywhere. You got to tell us, what, what are you doing right now? What is this season looking like for you? Okay. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So, Obviously, I'm still doing the 1870 Society. That's the collective at Ohio State. That is like my number one priority, Um, making sure that these players are getting the NIL deals they deserve, making sure that they uphold their ends of the deals, you know, stuff like that. You know, that's I get it. I get it thrill out of doing that um i'm still doing the ultimate cleveland sports show once the season starts i'll do it tuesdays and wednesdays now so shout out to me getting another day Woohoo! um <laughs> after that <laughs> i still do the 97 one the fan um probably do the buckeye show six to eight make sure you tune in columbus radio um <laughs> after that i got the big 10 network the big 10 tailgate show on saturday there we go get to the fun I'll- stuff I'll fly out on Friday. Yo, you got to wear a black shirt this year. You were sweating last year. We could see it. You got to wear a darker shirt. I will wear what he's given. He's going to wear. I will keep that. No, no, no. Saturdays, I you got to keep it business casual. You're free to wear whatever, but you got to be business casual. You don't wear like a BTN polo. You get to wear whatever. That's I got to do that on the Friday hit sections. Friday hit section. I got to wear the BTN polo. Saturdays is business casual. So you know, I'm gonna try to swag myself up a little bit. Uh, And then Sunday. I have the Browns pregame and postgame show. So, you know, if you watch the Browns game and you're feeling good or you're feeling bad and you have any thoughts, comments, or concerns, please be sure to call in and and we will answer your questions on if you make it past the screening. You can't be drunk. You can't be cursing because you won't make it past the screening. But if you're not drunk and you're not cursing and you can get your thought off, you can articulate your thought, Calmly, we will bring you on the Browns post-game show where Jeff Phelps and myself will love to answer your questions. All right, Tyvis, before we let you go, and we're <laughs> very excited to be able to see you wherever we want to every single day of the week. That's going to be really nice. Um, bef- before we let you go, um, we know what the expectations are for Ohio State year in, year out, but what are your predictions for the Buckeyes this year? Oh, man, I think the Buckeyes is going to have – some really tough goings. I don't, you know, I don't know how much they're gonna roll teams this season because I just think it's a lot of concerns at the offensive line, um, and that's just big. Um, but I think that, do from a talent standpoint, they'll win a ton of games. I do believe that their toughest road challenges will be Penn State and the team up north. I don't think the Notre Dame game will be close. I think they'll win that. But the Penn State and the Penn State and the team up north game. It's going to be the biggest test, you know, and everybody doesn't don't nobody really even care about the first 11 games at all. They really just care about the last one. And I think that they have to find a way to win that game. And I think it'll be it probably be the toughest task they have since Ryan Day has been a head coach is because they got to go up there. It's so much that's on the line, you know, with 
him hearing about him being on the hot seat and stuff like that and just the legacy game. So um, I, I, I believe they have what it takes to get it done. I know that Jim knows is going to do what he's supposed to do on that defense and that's going to get fixed. So at the worst, I see him going 11 and 1. At All right, the so worst. If you, had, if you had to put your entire NFL career earnings on them <laughs> winning or not winning the Big Ten, what are you taking? <laughs> well, I, uh, it would be asinine for me to say that they're not going to win the Big Ten. Like, that's just, I'm not, what do I look like? I, I, I'm a homer. <laughs> I'm a homer. Like, I'm not going to not like? say that they're not going to win the Big Ten. I just will say it's going to be very interesting. Let's just say that. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting year. Joey, we got to close it out how we always do, even though we told Tyvis we were done. Yeah, Tyvis, <laughs> um, we're kind of – I guess we're a little – hey, we're rusty. It's our – it's it's the preseason for the podcasters too, as much as it is the guests. But, uh, yeah, like we do every single episode, like you've done several times before. You probably wrote them down beforehand, which is which would would have and, and is very smart of you. What, what, what questions do you have for for us? Wow, you don't have to go into the basketball world. You know how how was the Carmen crew? What happened that we didn't make it to the championship? That's a question for Andrew. They ran in. They Mr. ran TV into a tough team, and you and Timmy Hall decided not to come out and watch. So that was the deciding oh, wow. factor. Wow! No, that's not true. I, well, one, I had to work. We had to work that night, and that's I told about. you if they if they won that game, I would be at the next one. I literally <laughs> said that I would literally be at the next one, and then it just didn't happen. So, yeah, that's unfortunate. Joey, my question for you, since uh, sure. you you know you know you let's go to your expertise of basketball. Yeah, is is LeBron James Jr. going to play basketball ever again? Uh, it sure seems like he is. I, I know, I, right? I, he was yeah, just with the Drake concert and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I saw I saw on Twitter like I guess him and Sharif O'Neal are super close, and Sharif said in some interview that he thinks that Bronny's I wouldn't even call it like an injury, but instance, heart, heart issue, instance, whatever you want to call it, injury is not only is it not life threatening and he's fine, but it also isn't going to affect anything about his basketball career. So like he's going to play this year, according to, according to Sharif O'Neal. Dr. Sharif O'Neal. I'm about to say (laughs) (laughs) I hope, I hope the kid is incredible and does great. I just, it's wild stuff. So who, who, if you had to bet your, your your whole life earnings on who has the better pro career. It's a lot of money, Tyvis. Keep that in mind. Bronny James Jr. or Dwayne Wade's son? Bronny. Wait, yeah, I don't think Dwayne Wade's son's gonna play in the NBA ever. Bronny. I mean, some people say that some people say that about Bronny's. <laughs> uh, Bronny's gonna get a shot. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. He's well, gonna get a it, shot. It, it, it's dad. Who okay, what about Bronny or Bryce? Ooh. Everybody, I, everybody thinks Bryce is going to be unbelievable. I swear, I, and and yeah, I mean Bryce looks like he's going to be six nine, freak athlete, shooter. It's always the know. younger. It's it's always the younger brother. You know? It is. It really is. It really <laughs> is. Tyvis, I also before I almost was just like total troll job on this episode, but I didn't do it. I have my Steph Curry hat right here. I didn't wear it, and I'm wearing my Jalen Brunson shirt. Which would have which would have been even better. So, I almost went total troll job on you. But uh, I should hang, I should I should hang up on you right now. <laughs> Andrew, well, you're do you about know that to. Is, you're about to. Was, episode's over. Tyvis was hosting. <laughs> Andrew, the, shut up. <laughs> Tyvis was hosting the ninety-seven on the fan, and during hoop season, and they called me to to come on for ten minutes or whatever. And the first question he says is. Joey, pick one person between me and Jalen Brunson. Who are you picking? <laughs> I was like, um, that's not fair. Also, he just gave your Cavs 35 and they won. So they're beating him in the playoff series. Why, so I don't you, know. why you gotta why you gotta rub it in though? Why he's you ending this, he's ending this great interview on such a sour note. Well, I'm he just is, making it so though. you want to be done, or else we would go forever. Bye. Just say bye. Just tell me bye. That's all you have to do. Just tell me Tyvis, bye. when can we come on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show? No, Andrew can't. Whenever, whenever you want to. Bring me they, on. They're they looking for guests. 
I will happily come on and talk Browns and Buckeyes. <laughs> Wait, Tyvis, I'll see you at week one. Wait, what do you mean? I'm coming Browns Bengals. Oh, it is. Yeah, I'll be. Oh, yeah, yeah. You gonna be in the same spot? Yeah, we gotta do our halftime meetup. Absolutely, I'll come down <laughs> right before I leave the stadium. I'll come down. All right, I love it, man. Tyvis, talk to you uh, next year, first episode of the season. <laughs> All right, y'all. Y'all take care. Go Bucks, man. Go Bucks. We appreciate you as always. All right, we hope you enjoyed that interview with Tyvis. Can promise you will not be the only episode with Tyvis during season five of Drive the Lane. We teased it before, but we're going to get to the briefest of brief fantasy football talk because we're back and we talk fantasy football. We already hit on gambling. Joey, you have the third pick. Who is your can't miss if this guy's available pick? And Let's just say Justin Jefferson is gone. So basically you have the second pick here and Justin Jefferson's gone. Who's your can't miss guy? Yeah, I don't know what my strategy is going to be. I'm still working through some mock drafts. Shout out Sleeper, no free ads. They do the greatest, quickest mock drafts. No free ads. Um, (laughs) But uh, I don't know. I lean, I think I like the, this new strategy that's going around that I've always kind of thought about doing, but not doing it. And it's the hero RB strategy where you take one running back and then you take as many wide receivers as you can until, you know, maybe there's an elite tight end that's available or a guy that drops too far running back wise. So my plan, I think, is to take Christian McCaffrey if he's available. The last time I won a fantasy football championship, he was my pick. I got him with the third pick. So I think it's destiny. And I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey and try and get Garrett Wilson on the way back. That's and then and then after I get Garrett Wilson, go and get Chris Olave, which I think would be like kind of like for the memes and because that would be a really good team. So I have the end of the first round. I have the eleven. I kind of think I'm a team league also. So yeah, okay. So I have, I'm in a twelve team league. It's only a few more picks, but I, I kind of think I might take Garrett Wilson with my second pick if he's there, depending on who's drafted. My league is heavier in wide receiver because it's only 0.25 PPR. And that sounds like ours is half PPR. It sounds like that would be heavier running back, but it's actually not because the little dinky dunk passes that the running backs get that in some leagues add fucking three to five points a game, you know, we're my, my league doesn't have that. So I'm, I'm thinking I might take Wilson at, I think it's would be the 14th pick if I have the eleven. 11, but, 12, 13, 14. Which, which might be a little early, but there's also a chance he's the top wide receiver available at that point. So it might, it might not be early. One more episode of Hard Knocks, which comes out tonight when we're recording this. If he's featured, it'll probably seal the deal. But he might even be gone. Who knows? I also, I also think that I really want Garrett Wilson so that I have an excuse to draft Aaron Rodgers and stack them together because this is my first year and you you not being you know, the Bears fan. You're, you're the Browns guy right out in the Bears. This is the first year that I'm shout out Big Cat sarcastically and kind of actually rooting for him because I want him to do so well so that Green Bay is pissed about it. And what better way than by drafting him in fantasy and betting on him to win the MVP and drafting his best wide receiver who went to Ohio State, right? And all that together, yeah. I just really – and because I think he'll be like a ninth-round steal, right? So I, that's what I kind of want to do. I've, you know, the only other the only other thing to mention is that like – it's all luck anyway. And uh, I'm just excited for the anxious Sunday mornings and Saturday nights when I'm setting my lineup. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, I'm going based on my futures and stuff. Like I have a future on the Jets. You have a bright the future. Super Bowl. I, thank you. I have a future on the Jets to win the Super Bowl and Aaron Rodgers to win the MVP. Like sarcastically, again, it's not for a lot of money at all, but it's sarcastically. Therefore, I'm going to try and take Jets players because I know I'll be rooting for them. So. That's that's kind of my deal. Okay, little little teaser to close us out. We're in the, we're in the teaser game. All right, first teaser is we're going to talk about our fantasy teams once they're drafted on the next episode. The next teaser is we are going to be blogging a lot, and you should check out 
the drivethelanepod.com for the most recent blog, which is two season-long NFL bets that that we slash I've got going. And the final teaser is two years ago, I said the Rams were going to win the Super Bowl. Last year, I said the Chiefs were going to win the Super Bowl. And on the next episode of Drive the Lane, I am revealing who I'm picking to win this year's Super Bowl. And it starts wow. with B and ends in airs. No, I'm just kidding. It's not the Bears, but I will reveal that. Joey, buckle up. Drive the lane. Ooh, that felt good to say. This is going to feel good, too. Go Buckeyes.